0: Welcome to another episode of the Speech Change be podcast. Today we're yet with another guest, Naftali Harris. Hi Naftali, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Jonathan. Thanks
0: for having me on the podcast. Yes, pleasure. Um so basically uh you know, you are a very young and successful person, I would say, in the sense that I mean you already have uh, one of those work that
1: Uh
0: (laughs) you're uh, I mean in the sense of like you worked at a lot of interesting companies um so far and also I mean yeah you are an entrepreneur you are the co-founder and CEO of Scentsy obviously will uh, tell us a lot about that today um you know and you know we we always start the same way in the sense that uh, obviously you want to get to know the person behind um behind the screen uh, or behind the microphone in that sense. Uh, and so basically kind of as the first thing for today, I would like you to ask, um, you know, kind of to tell you a little bit about our, uh, yourself, where you come from, you know, kind of in a story- well, uh, storytelling way, go through the, you know, your professional journey and uh, how you ended up doing what you're doing today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's I uh, think kind of a fun story. So I'm Naftali Harris. Uh, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Centrelink. Settling stops fraud for banks, lenders, and other financial institutions. Um, the story, if I got into this, is a little bit interesting. So I uh, I was a, uh, um, a student at University of Chicago, and this is really where I traced the beginning of my uh, career back to. So um, I was going to graduate school, and I wanted to get an internship between undergrad and grad school, and I had no idea how you'd actually do this, and so uh, the way this started actually was I, um, I went to the campus career center and asked them, Hey, do you have any, um, do you have any internships? And, uh, they said, yes, there's one. It's nearby. It's in Chicago. And, um, uh, I won't name the, uh, that institution suffice to say it's a fortune 500 company. And, um, uh, this is probably the very first, uh, this was the very first interview I'd ever done in person. And so I made sure to prepare for it over overnight and, um, I, uh, uh, it was for a basically a statistics analyst type role, so um, I went over there and um, I did a great job uh, talking to all the other statisticians, analysts, um, stuff like that for uh, for the position. And um, when it got time to talk to the boss, um, you know, if you've been in the first interview, you know, the last question that the hiring manager always asks you is, "Oh, do you have any questions for me?" And I had done my homework that night, and so I said, "Yes, as a matter of fact, I do. Um, I've noticed that over the last couple of years, your stock price has fallen <laughs> by fifty percent, and your peers in the industry are, um, you know, seem to be doing just fine. So I'm wondering, like, what is it? <laughs> why, why is your stock price fallen so much?" And um, the hiring manager took offense, and. Um, uh, and decided not to give me the job. And so, you know, disappointing answer my first in (laughs) in-person interview. But the reason I trace my uh, career back to that interview was actually one of the people that interviewed me, um, one of the statisticians, the analyst, he um, actually left that company and uh, went to another one and remembered me. And so a few weeks later, he actually reached out and said, hey, I went to this uh, cool new company uh, in San Francisco called Kaggle. Um, which some of the listeners might know does um, machine learning contests. And this was just after the Kaggle series A back in 2012. And uh, Rishon said, Hey, I really liked you. You pissed off my boss, but I don't work there anymore. <laughs> and um, you know, why don't you come work for us this summer? And so I got this uh, internship at, at Kaggle over the summer and um, I learned a ton. I uh, had an amazing time. Um, it's my first taste of actually working. I have a bunch of fond memories from, um, uh, from working there and, um, and one of the things that, that happened when I was at Kaggle was I met their chairman of the board, uh, who is Max Lepchin. Um, and Max as some of the listeners may know was the, um, founder and CTO at PayPal. And then later went on to, uh, found a firm where he's now the CEO. And, um, uh, you know, I went off to, to grad school and then when Max had founded a firm, he reached out to me and asked if I wanted to be the first data scientist there. And, um, uh, you know, I was not having a great time in the PhD, uh, and I was like, yeah, it's no <laughs> Um, I would love to be the first data scientist at a firm, and so um, uh, took that job, had a lot of fun doing it. It was uh, way more responsibility than I deserved at uh, 22 years old. I got put in charge of building out the decisioning systems, so um, a firm issues loans uh, for e-commerce purchases, so if you need to buy a mattress online or want to buy a luxury handbag, they'll finance it over time essentially it's an online lender. And Uh, I was given the mandate to build out the whole decision system, which was a lot of fun. And so um, that's really how I got into, uh, you know, what we're doing now at Centrelink, which is uh, fraud working to help financial institutions. And um, uh, the way that we decided to start Centrelink was one day at a firm, we were reviewing applications looking for fraud, and we came across 12 applications for credit on the same day where someone had applied with the same name and the same date of birth, but 12 different SSNs. And so we said to ourselves, look, there's no way that there's literally 12 different people all born on the same day uh, who decided that today's the day we're all gonna apply for an affirm loan and our name is the same. Uh, Clearly these are not real people, but to our surprise, the credit reports that we pulled actually had uh, uh, a lot of credit, 750 plus credit scores with every major bank and lender in the United States giving them money. And so I realized that there was this issue where uh fraudsters were making up fake individuals that didn't exist at all were convincing the credit bureaus and financial institutions that they were real people and successfully defrauding them and so um my co-founder and uh friends confusingly also named max my max is uh maxwell blumenfeld um he and i went to max lection the ceo explained the issue and um max was kind enough to uh uh, be excited for us to want to start this new company, preventing fraud, and um, uh, offer to invest. And so, um, certainly took him up on that. Max Lepchin ended up leading our seed ground at Sunilink, and that's how we started the company. So, anyway, it's a podcast, so a slightly longer story, but that's how I went from uh, flunking an interview for my first internship to uh, starting Sunilink. You know that's that's amazing, uh, and.
0: Actually, it just shows perfectly again that like, you know, asking the right questions sometimes, you know, might, you know, might be a problem, but then like ultimately, you know, if you stand your ground and, you know, you, you actually do it, then, you know, it leads to something better. And I mean, you know. I remember, like, you know, Jeffrey Kett, it's obviously the one, uh, I, I, talked to him before, b- before, and he was on our podcast, and he actually said, like, this, this very interesting sentence, which is, I mean, you know, you, you hear it in all different settings, uh, you know, variations, is basically kind of making your own luck, you know, and, uh, and, and, and I really love in your story that, you know, it's the, the next kind of part is unpredictable, but then if you look back, it, like, all makes sense, you know, and, uh, it's, it's so amazing like from from you know asking this absolute right question where actually you know if you think about like let's assume there would be like the the ceo in that meeting or so right yeah it would be a fair question like right to to answer it's like exactly the right question it's like more than you know, actually you did the right research and not just like, you know, kind of like looking at like, okay, so what industry, were the competitors and kind of like, you know, how many people work at this company? But uh, <laughs> I, I really, I really love this. And the other thing which I, which I find incredible is actually, you know, you meeting um, uh, Max Levchin and then basically this leading up to you becoming, for, it's incredible. And you said it, right? So in, in terms of like the responsibilities that you got at this young age, it, I mean, it's incredible. Do you realize sometimes like that this was kind of, how would you judge this? Would you just like say like, okay, this was a pure luck or do you think like, what do you make? I, of it? Uh, I agree with Jeff and, and for the record, I uh,
1: have a ton of respect for Jeff. Um, Jeff, um, I think was um, uh, critical in making a firm uh, what it is uh, today. Um, and I agree with Jeff and Jeff does this, I think even better than you, but yeah, make your own luck, I think. Um, you know, I, I always feel like throughout my entire life, I've been uh, lucky. Um, so I went to grad school for statistics. I actually made a t-shirt that was a comp- very complicated math joke involved the strong large numbers, um, the concept of measurability and measurement zero and stuff like that. But the, the punchline of the joke was that the laws of luck don't apply to me. I, I do feel like I've been lucky throughout my entire life. Um, certainly there have been stuff that's, uh, you know, has gone my way, like lucky bounces and so forth. But, you know, I think that... Um, uh, you know, you have to work in, in every one of those different aspects. You know, I, um, uh, in the that very first interview process that I did, um, you know, I, I did really well, and, and you know, apparently well enough that it was memorable for the person that remembered me. And, um, uh, you know, when he went to Kaggle, uh, I did well that summer at Kaggle. And, um, you know, well enough that when Max was looking for the first data scientist, um, uh, you know, he reached out to me. Um, you know, and certainly there's no question that I've benefited from the, um, you know, from the help of other people, you know, that um, uh, David from Gaggle, thank you, David. Max Lepchin from Affirm, uh, and Gaggle, thank you, Max. Um, i certainly benefited from that, but I think that um, it's a two-way street, you have to both put in the work and also, um, uh, you know, and have it work
0: out. Yeah. So well, if if you look back at your time at a firm, right, and I mean it's it's, it's quite a success story of well, the company, and and I mean incredible incredible leadership team, incredible founders uh, that 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 took this up. Um, also the the experience obviously that uh, uh, Max Lachman brought to the table um, from 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 his previous endeavours. What what for you personally? So if you look back at your time at a firm, so it's always hard so i'm I'm not gonna say a number but like i you know i would typically i would say like okay what are kind of like the top three learnings that you took out of it but like i'm not not gonna say a number but if like if you look back at your time what is something like you know if if i would ask you now like what is something if you look back that you took took from that time which really kind of shaped you or which
1: which helped you along the lines yeah, uh, you know, maybe what it is, and this is going to sound kind of crazy, but um, just sort of it showed me what is possible to do um, and how you know things that seem like couldn't possibly work end up actually working. Um, I'm by nature, I'm like somewhat skeptical. Like I mentioned, I went to graduate school for statistics, where literally you're trained to be skeptical. <laughs> um, and um, you know, and, and just seeing the vision that Max leption had and, um, and Jeff and the, um, and the other founder and, and see how that actually turned into reality was amazing. It just to give you a sense of scale. I mean, so obviously Jeff is one of the founders. I, I certainly can't claim to have taken a firm to, um, uh, you know, where it was when, when I started there and more kind of thing to take credit for, you know, the massive success that it's had since. Um, when I joined, um, the company was super small. There were 20 people there. Um, we had a product that honestly nobody really wanted. Um, it was um, this um, pay later uh, type product where really we were struggling to make it make it work, um, and we were just launching the current product that a firm has. And um, I remember um, one day uh, we had a big milestone at a firm, really big deal. We did ten thousand dollars of uh, volume in one day. Which was a really, really big deal for us. <laughs> it's such a big deal. We like got champagne and like we celebrated it and so forth. And you know now, a firm does like what um, I don't know the exact numbers, but billions of dollars a year. Uh, you know, and like their biggest day is I'm sure like Cyber Monday or something like that, where I'm sure they do like a hundred million plus or something like that. I don't even know what the number is. Um, and um, you know, and it, you know, you know, back then I remember that um, the uh, the head of sales was like, "Yeah, this is great," but um, you know one day we're going to do a million dollars in a day. I'm like, man, we just did 10K. Like, how does that, how do we go from 10K to like a million, like literally a hundred eggs? And, um, you know, but I, I believed, and I was a believer and I'm like, all right, well, let's make it happen. And so I, you know, I, I certainly didn't do any of the stuff with respect to sales, but I, you know, I helped build out the risk systems and stuff like that. And, you know, and we continue to grow and we built a great product. And um, And, you know, little by little, it started to happen. And then, you know, one day we did a million dollars in one day. And, you know, right now it's, you know, still like tiny compared to the current volume at, um, at a firm, but that just showed me, it's like, yeah, you know, we went from doing, I mean, it just showed me like what was possible, you know, it's like, Hey, we have this team, we're passionate about this. We believe in the vision. Like it's possible to go from you know, really nothing to something, to something huge. Um, and so I think one of the, my big takeaways from my time at a firm was just, uh, I think it taught me what is what's possible. And, um, what you can do with a small group of uh of dedicated people even when it seems like this couldn't possibly like it's just too the road is just too long we couldn't make it happen it actually can happen
0: yeah yeah i'm sure that 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 is a big one right especially like uh, then you starting your own your own venture right that's obviously let's say kind of the, the most important thing right so i mean especially like you know from a, from a technical perspective, you know, or let's say you said like, you, you, you know, said it twice, uh, you know, coming from, uh, statistics, grad school, right. kind of, as a technical person, you, you, you kind of think very rational things, right. So you, it's kind of like the nature of, 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 um, you know, kind of working in science, I, I, I guess, or in a kind of science field, um, and you know, in entrepreneurship right especially when it comes to the, when you use these kind of words like vision etc right it's like really it's, not, it's really not like that right it's really kind of like thinking big etc like but yeah. how do you
1: you know what it is and i think this is a mistake that i think a lot of people make is um so it's one thing to have the vision which is like where are we going to end up like what could this look like in the future and it's a little bit hazy um but one thing that i think a lot of people make the mistake of is just because you have that vision doesn't mean you have to understand exactly the path from here to there and you know I, I i i don't know like what goes in the minds of you know some of the most successful entrepreneurs uh, so far but um i certainly can't see the the full path uh you know i know how we're roughly going to get there i can kind of map it out but you know at some point the path kind of goes into the trees and um you know as you get closer you'll get a better sense of, of how it happens and so you know i find that i think you know when i talk to people that are considering starting companies i think sometimes they say oh, you know, I think it should be like this, but I don't know how to do it exactly. i say, well, you know, shoot, go run at it. <laughs> you know, you, you can't expect to know what you're going to do in five years exactly, but you can know how to go from where you are right now to something a little bit better and you can go from something from there to a little bit beyond that and, and keep growing and expanding. And I think that um, uh, you know, that's one of the things that my firm experience taught me. So yeah, we didn't know exactly how it was going to work. You know, what's going to come from was the growth gonna come from partnerships, huge merchants, Where we are gonna ship a new product for it, whatever. But we knew, hey, we can continue to grow and expand. And um, uh, yeah, I, I agree with him. I think this concept of like vision is a little bit misleading in some sense. It's really like, the vision is like, I know where we're going to go, but it doesn't necessarily mean you know how you're gonna get there. Yeah, yeah. Especially because, I mean, there's so many, especially within the detail
0: of, of things there are so many uncertainties right and uncertainties basically un- uncertainties which shape kind of the next step or basically kind of you know obviously have an have a very big impact kind of on the next you know step or the next move or the next whatever right and therefore obviously it's not very like the path is never clear never right it's just like okay so i mean and, and that's that's also the very interesting nature of, of, of uh, or if, if you didn't go and talk about pivoting right where like businesses that have pivoted their 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 business models so, you know then that's you know i think it's just important that you know if if, if, if one has kind of like this vision of a product or, or 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 you know kind of like this this desired end goal you know it's it is important to keep that in mind because i guess ultimately that is what is kind of you know pushing you for, forward right yeah so especially it's kind of like the same thing as you know as you said right in that example like you did 10k and then like you know putting us and saying like okay so we're gonna do 1 million right and that just basically just underlines that you know the belief that this can be bigger right and it can and it can always be bigger right it's not about that 1 million it's just about the fact that it can be bigger yeah right? and and that basically keeps the squad or basically the team moving right yeah so um let's kind of move into uh the next the next chapter ultimately about let's talk ultimately about sensi link so um let's talk about the early days you know you, you said that you know you came up with the idea of, uh, while working at a firm talk to um max levchin about this and and uh then you guys went ahead. So, uh, you know, got me through the first days, uh, you know, from kind of having the idea into, you know, raising seed and then leaving a firm or how, how did how
1: did this all go about? Yeah, I mean, so I was fortunate that um, my co-founder, uh, Max Blumenthal and I, uh, we've known each other for a really long time, we met in college. Uh, we were in the same freshman dorm, actually. And um, in fact, I don't even remember meeting him. Like, this is like, oh, like, I guess we must have met at some point during orientation, right? You know, for over 10 years and, um, you know, not only is my co-founder but also a very good founder. Um, and so, and it's also great. I mean, we have complementary uh, skill sets. Uh, you know, I have this, um, uh, you know, more technical background I've done, um, you know, I went to a PhD program, I ready to finish it. Um, you know, I've been writing uh, code since messing around with GI calculators, you know, when I was 10 or whatever. Um, and uh, Max is also, uh, my Max, Max is also uh, technical, but um, uh, more in like a hacker, like degree kind of way, um, where he's like, knows a lot about SQL, super good SQL, so like guys at like these Should watch this guy with his joints, unbelievable. <laughs> um, but, um, but also I think um, he's a really strong uh, 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 sort of like emotional intelligence, like really sees stuff. He's got an unbelievable memory. Or uh, anyone that, um, uh, like, there's any face, any names, unbelievable. If members' phone numbers even, it's incredible. And, um, uh, and also just had some amazing, amazing ideas, incredibly thoughtful guy. And so, you know, I think we had some nice complimentary uh, skill sets, which was uh, super helpful for us for fun. So, all right, so we started this company. Uh, fortunately, the additional um, investment wasn't a problem since Max is leading this year round. Um, got some other uh, great investors involved there as well, including my folks at our friends at uh, Goldcrest Capital. So thanks, Adam and Dan. Um, but, um, you know, and the question was well, shoot, how do you, how do you go from here? And, um, you know, one of the, the really big challenges with this was how do we first get, um, uh, you know, a product off the ground? You have this chicken and egg issue where it's like, how do you, um, How do you build a product if you don't have anybody to use it and test it out? And also, how do you sell the product if you don't have anybody that um, uh, you don't have any product to (laughs) to actually sell them? And so, the way that we actually got started with this was pretty funny. Was um, we were talking to um, uh, one of our um, uh, it was an interesting thing. We talked to a small business lender actually, and I, I frankly didn't expect the small business lender to have any. Fraud at all. I was like, wow, this is impossible. Like, if you're a small business owner, you're doing a bunch of manual underwriting for the businesses that you're onboarding. Like, there's no way it's going to be fraud. So, actually, we kind of took this meeting a little bit reluctantly in the sense that, like, we're assumed, hey, we're not going to get any kind of business out of this. It's just going to be like, you know, a meeting of the minds, so to speak. We'll talk about fraud. It'll be interesting and kind of go our separate ways. That's the attitude we had during the entire meeting. But during the meeting, we mentioned, um, you know, some of the fraud that we've been seeing. And um, some of the areas of So um, I think at the time, this is still true now to a large extent, but there was some big fraud ring in um, uh, the greater Los Angeles area. There was uh, some fraud in South Florida, um, some you know, in New York, you know, like Brooklyn. And so we were mentioning these sort of hotbeds and had a great conversation, uh, left, and then that was it. So we thought, well, a couple of days later, <laughs> um, this guy reaches out and says, hey, you know what, after our conversation, I just, um, you know, took a look in our database uh, for some of the reasons that you mentioned. And I saw something that was kind of weird to me. Um, I wanted just a set of eyes on this. And um, so we screen-shared this uh, this application and it was just, we looked at it, it was just textbook vanilla uh, egregious fraud. Like there's no question about it. Like this person did not exist. And we're like, okay, well, (laughs) it looks like you got this problem too. We didn't even know. And um, he said, well, you know, I've got a bunch (laughs) more like this. And so we took a look at those, and yeah, the same thing, and it turned out that um, we stumbled across this big fraud ring. And actually, the really interesting thing in small business lending actually was that um, uh, a lot of small business lenders will actually um, uh, ask their um, borrowers to link bank accounts or supply uh, bank statements. And the interesting thing about that is, you know, what they use that for is to try to underwrite people like, oh, how much income do they have and so forth. But the other thing you can see from that is actually who is... Who else is lending to this business and so it's very common for one small business lender to to see a bunch of their competitors also depositing money to accounts and so um uh, he actually shared some of the um some of the data and said oh you guys probably want to reach out to our competitors there there and there and so we reached out to them we're like hey guys uh you might not know this but last week you we literally put a hundred thousand dollars in an account of somebody that doesn't actually exist and doesn't have real business and um that got people's attention uh, pretty good, I would say. <laughs> um, and so we used that to basically break into small business lending, and that's kind of how we got the uh, got the business off the ground. Um, where, yeah, I don't know, maybe it's again like to your point earlier about this, like you know, the stuff that happens by chance. You know, I think you do have to make your own luck. If we didn't know about fraud, we wouldn't have been able to. Um, uh, we would have been able to talk about that, um, you know, those particular fraud that we're seeing. But that ended up being totally instrumental for us in terms of getting the company off the ground, getting started and working. You know, now we work with over 100 financial institutions. Uh, we process nearly a million identity verifications every day. Um, you know, we can see a lot of what goes on in the United States. Not the full thing yet. We're still growing rapidly. Um, and if any listeners want to join us, please reach out. We're hiring rapidly. But, um, uh, you know, but it's, yeah, it's, it's been an incredible, uh, incredible journey so
0: far. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds very interesting. You know, but I, ultimately I uh, it it you know just kind of like g- getting back to that first example uh, with with the small business. You know, it it was basically kind of proving your hypothesis, right? That, that there's actually an opportunity for this. So uh, did you did you actually you know do this and then go and 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 raise uh, and, and we're raising money or were you already like did you raise already before kind of validating? No, money? we raised before. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Interesting. Um, so, uh, you know, you guys, uh, you guys are, you, you just said that you work with over a uh, hundred financial institutions. So, uh, you know, kind of let's, let's break down, um, the kind of, you know, more or less the business. So who are your major, let's say, uh, customers like, um, you know, are those businesses in general or like,
1: you know, how, how does this work? Yeah. So, um, uh, our product, um, Prevents fraud for financial institutions. And so the way it works, like for example, is if you're a small business lender or a credit card issuer or what have you, um, before you'll go and open up an account for an applicant, you send the information over to us um, in real time via an API. Uh, our API um, looks at all the information that, uh, that we receive. And so, you know, it's information like you know, names, dates of birth, stuff like that. Um, we analyze it for every kind of fraud that uh, we've ever seen, we compare it to a bunch of insights we have about uh, what fraud looks like, and then um, we use that to assess whether it's likely to be a uh, fraud um, and uh, respond back in real time to our partners. And so what they do then is, you know, if we look at an application and say, oh, we think this is probably identity theft, obviously the bank won't go and open up a uh, credit card for that person. Um, and so our, uh, our partners, which is what we call the um, financial institutions that we serve, are, um, they range from like established US banks We work with three of the top 10. Um, They include um, uh, established uh, fintechs, they include new fintech companies that are just getting started, Uh, credit unions, um, private equity-backed lenders and non-bank lenders of various different stripes, Um, credit card issuers, uh, unsecured consumer loans, point of sale lending, buy now, pay later, Um, auto loans, deposits, checking and savings, Small business lending, like the whole the whole nine yards, really of um, of the uh, uh, financial services experience.
0: Yeah. yeah, So you guys been been around for uh, about four years, right? A little over, that's right. Yeah, a little over four years, and uh, so again, I mean, uh, that, that that is already some time, especially you know uh, the digital uh, in the in, in the digital and tech world, you know. So uh, for for you, you know, looking back at these four years, obviously, I guess they they pass like uh, you know like crazy, like super fast. But, um, you know, still, I mean, if you look back and obviously you, you probably reflect uh, um, on, on it as well. So what, what if you if you look back, you know, what, what is something that where you say like, OK, this is something that we did incredibly well. Right? Or this is something that we, you know, we were just like, again, maybe lucky, but maybe like could have gone better or something like that, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I would say, like, the number one learning for me, I think, during the entire experience is, um, like, uh, there's no time in the history like that I've been, oh, I was too aggressive. Like, I've always made the mistake of, like, oh, we haven't been aggressive enough. Uh, and so, um, lessons learned, I guess. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have this podcast in, you know, another two years, and, and I'll be like, man, okay, I guess there was too much. Um, <laughs> I don't think we've hit it yet. So, um, you know, the sky's the limit, really. I mean, we're an ambitious company; we've grown really quickly. But um, you know, there's no person I've ever hired where I was like, "Oh, I shouldn't have hired that person." I should have waited another six months. Um, you know, there's no time when I reached out, I was like, "Oh, I shouldn't reach out to them." Like we weren't ready yet, or something like that. It's just like there was no point where um, where that happened. So that's I think for me, like the number one, the uh, mm-hmm. number one thing. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah, and, and so if, 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 if you look kind of like if you, if you look forward obviously there's things that you cannot talk about but I mean like if you look forward so what are what are kind of the things that you observe you know what what do you what is something that you know that you are working towards to or something that you know that you are looking forward kind of uh, you know in the future when it comes to let's say the industry that you're in or the company itself you know there's something yeah, that you share have, with us
1: um, yeah absolutely mean we have a, a um, really ambitious uh, product roadmap, where um, you know the aspect of identity verification that we currently do is uh, pretty narrow, like it's a broad scoring API. Um, and there's so much more that goes into identity verification and fundamentally figuring out if people are going to say they are. And so one of the things that we're most excited about, I'd say over the next few months, is really expanding the uh, products we, that we have and going deeper into all the different aspects of figuring out if people are going to say they are. And so that's something that we'll be focusing on heavily uh, growing out the team pretty dramatically right now. We're, um, we're really small, we're only 25 people, uh, but we'll be at, um, we got, I think five people who signed offers <laughs> are joining the next uh, few weeks. Um, and so, you know, we'll be at 45 or so by end of year, if not more, we'll be at, um, uh, probably about hundred end of next year. Uh, and so yeah, right now just, um, investing heavily in, uh, in growth growth from the you know, product perspective, growth in terms of the number of financial institutions and the type that we work with, um, just expanding very rapidly. Sounds interesting. Hey, Nafsali,
0: thanks a lot for being on the show. I know you don't have that much time today, but it was great having you here. Thanks. Yeah. Jonathan, thank you for having me on. Really enjoyed our conversation.